So let's say you're hungry for coffee. I mean, if you're like me, you're always ready for coffee. There's no such thing as enough coffee. In fact, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm barely hanging on there, but man, I could use more coffee. Why? Because coffee is amazing. Coffee is delicious. Coffee is wonderful. Thank you, coffee. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm terrified about environmental changes and making it harder for coffee to exist in this world. That's not what I want to talk about today. But let's just say you and I were walking around. We want to get some coffee, and there's two stores across the street from each other. One is a big old chain store. It's got a big green and white logo. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Look, I, I have nothing against Starbucks. It does a fine job. They do what they do, whatever. But across from that Starbucks is a coffee shop you and I have never been to. Maybe this is in our town. Maybe this is in our neighborhood. It's just a, a small independent coffee shop. How do you pick which one you go to? How do you pick which coffee shop you decide to drop your three or four or five bucks down to get your coffee, your tall coffee, your latte, whatever it is you're doing? Where do you go? How do you decide? Well, it's not by tasting coffee because how can I know? How can I know? Well, first off, technically coffee is supposed to be some sort of commodity even though it's not. Plenty of places coffee is much better than other places, but I can't know that till I go in and taste it. Here I am standing outside looking in the windows maybe. How do I choose? And that says so much about what I want to talk to you about, and that is the smallest is the biggest, and we're going to finish that story up in a second. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the podcast dedicated to helping you get smarter at recruiting and hiring. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of employer brand and modern recruiting so that you, yes you, can hire better talent. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? I'm your host, James Ellis, and you can find me on Twitter at The War for Talent. That's at The War for Talent. Or on the TalentCast website. Got a question? Got a topic? Got an idea? Tweet me. I'd love to hear from you. Ready to roll up your sleeves and think big? Great. Let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Uh, cliffhanger. I don't think I've ever done a cliffhanger on as the intro. Oh, that's kind of fun. Maybe I'll do that more. Anyway, so we're standing there. You and I. Oh wait, we got to do uh, housekeeping stuff. Gonna be at ERE. You should be too. It's San Diego in the spring. What's not to love about that? Uh, I'm gonna be at Transform in the summer. That's Boston. So hopefully not four thousand degrees there. Uh, I'm gonna be in Iowa and I'm gonna do some stuff. What am I doing? I'm looking at my big board. I got stuff going on. If you're in Chicago, I'm gonna do a yellow event coming up in May. Otherwise, yeah, you know, there's stuff going on. So come find me. Come talk to me. This is probably the last call I'm going to make for discount codes for Talent Brands Summit. That's coming in in late March. Maybe I'll do this one more time. But it's a $200 discount code. Just ping me. And I mean, go to Twitter at The War for Talent. Go find me on LinkedIn. It's really not hard. Um, just type in James Ellis Employer Brand. I'm everywhere. Uh, find me. Just ask me what the code is. I'll give you the code. No big deal. 200 bucks off. You really want to do this thing. Uh, it's going to be a heck of an event. You definitely want to be at this thing. And also, uh, I love you, Audra, but no, I want to beat you with this process. So I want my code to win, not yours. Anyway, now you have a little insight to my head. So let's finish this story. So we're standing there thinking about coffee. And clearly I've had plenty, but I need to have more. And I'm standing there, and there it is. They've got a menu on the outside. And the menu at the Starbucks looks exactly like what you'd expect. It's a really nice font. It's probably a serif font. Right, it's very uh, uh, um, you know Times New Romany. It's very clean. It's very elegant. Latte. Maybe they've got a special flavor: gingerbread latte, or God forbid, juniper latte. And I have questions about that. Why would you want your coffee to taste like a tree? I don't get it. Anyway, uh, maybe it's a mint latte. Again, also don't understand people like mint coffee. That's me. 
it's what you expect. It's every single time. The, 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 the menu is very cleanly written. Maybe if you look on the right of the menu here in the States, they'll tell you how many calories there are in that coffee. Uh, maybe some basic nutritional count. Uh, it's clearly a very well designed, a, an actual designer designer designed that menu. Maybe you look down and maybe if they got a little, a little sign, a little chalkboard on the outside, uh, maybe it just says, we're open. Great, that's fantastic. And it's got someone drew a little Starbucksian logo. Like I said, I have nothing against Starbucks. Their coffee is completely serviceable so long as it's not the burnt stuff, the dark roast stuff. But across the street, there's this other coffee shop I've never been to and you've never been to. And I don't know much about it except I look at the menu and it's nothing but jokes from TV shows. Like all the coffee fl the, uh, um, menu are 30 Rock jokes. And you know me, I love a 30 Rock joke. Maybe it's Arrested Development jokes. Maybe it's a Good Place references. I don't know, whatever it is, but it's lots of jokes. And you know, the coffee flavor is, uh, instead of saying it's blueberry coffee, it's I blew myself, which is an Arrested Development joke and not nearly as dirty as you think it is, except it is, except it's not, which is a great reason to watch the first two seasons of Arrested Development. And it's goofy and it's funny. And you're like, okay, that's pretty funny. Maybe they drew uh, a character from one of those TV shows on the menu just to show what the different flavors are, just to give it a sense of whimsy. And there, the, the chalkboard sign on the outside, and by the way, it's drawn like a whiteboard. And the chalkboard sign on the outside has a joke. Last chance for good coffee or, you know, uh, uh, maybe it's even a joke like, hey, global warming's happening, drink the coffee now. Something like that. These, these are the tiniest tiniest little details. We haven't stepped into the coffee shop. We have not interacted with any of the service or support staff inside. We have yet to smell a single bean, right? We may have some previous interaction with these brands. We may have a sense of what we think we know about Starbucks or why we do or don't like to go to Starbucks or do and don't like to go to an independent coffee shop. And let's be fair, they're hit or miss. But we're making decisions on what amounts to some of the smallest pieces of information about our anticipated consumer experience, right? None of what you're seeing, the menu, the design, the chalkboard, the position on the street, the busyness will affect the flavor of the coffee. That's, you know, Schrodinger all you want, but the coffee is going to taste like the coffee is going to taste. It's either going to taste good or it's going to taste bad. But here you are making a decision as to which coffee shop to choose based on the menu and the chalkboard sign. And what we can learn is a lot. And we can make a fairly interesting choice based on what amounts to the teeniest amount of data. That is to say, here at Starbucks, they take professional professionalism to I don't know, the nth degree, this higher power. You know, everything is precise. Everything is predictable. Everything is as expected, which to be fair is exactly kind of what Starbucks is all about. Sure, it used to be all about that third place thing, but then it became a place where you get coffee at an airport and then not so much with the third place. Maybe the occasionally you get to see a chair that isn't a painful stool. Mostly they don't want you to hang around, right? That's what they're about. They're about coffee that you know is going to taste like what it's going to taste like. And I mean, the, the, the espresso machines are machines. They hit a button and, and grinds and, and puts the pressure in and it spews out the espresso and foams the milk. It's just a push of a button. You know that every time you order that latte, you're going to get the same latte you get every single place. And you can see that in the way the menu is designed. You can see that in the fact that an actual designer designed it because to get an actual designer to design a menu, you probably had to design a menu for thousands of stores. That's the only way it's cost effective. That sign that has no whimsy except to say we're open, no whimsy, professional. 
We're learning so much about the coffee shop from the outside. These aren't marketing tools per se. Maybe the we're open sign is enough to say, hey, you know, notice us. And who doesn't know a Starbucks is open? I don't know. But it's not really true marketing. It's just an expression of the self. Hey, this is who we are. This is how we make a menu. Now we go across the street and there's the independent coffee shop there with the 30 Rock and Arrested Development jokes. And you're thinking the the only way a coffee shop like that gets away with so many jokes and maybe one or two semi uh, dirty jokes, but hidden dirty jokes, is the owner is okay with this. In fact, maybe even the owner wrote that menu. And what are we going to learn from it? This is an independent, truly independent coffee shop. They're, they have a sense of whimsy. They have a sense of fun. This won't necessarily be the most professional coffee shop. I bet they have to have to grind that coffee as you need it, or they, they make that espresso, and they pull that espresso as you need it. They, you know, they know a lot about coffee because this isn't a job. This is a place where you go because it's not about professionalism around the service audio. It's a level of care and love for coffee, much like I have. And you make a decision, Right? Again, you've not tasted the coffee. You've not gone inside. You haven't smelled the room. You don't know if it's filled with, with fresh coffee beans or a line of people who sweat. You don't know. You don't know, but you're making decisions. Now, some would say that these are tiny, tiny little signals about what's inside. And actually, I'd agree with that for the most part, right? The kind of place that would make a global warming joke on the outside on the chalkboard is the kind of place that would make jokes while you're pouring coffee and want you to have a little giggle and want you to enjoy your coffee drink. And you know, they're, they're the kind of place that are, maybe won't have seven different kinds of artificial sweeteners. Maybe you've got a little simple syrup action and some raw sugar and that's as far as you go, right? Because they're coffee purists and good for them, right? But you go to Starbucks, you know they're going to have the equal and the, the sweet and low and the Splenda and three different kinds of milk, and you know what they're going to have because it's the same you get everywhere you go. You're making decisions based on that, because, and, and you can say it's because the brand is signaling to you, hey, we wanted to make sure that you knew we were professional, so we put out this kind of menu, we put out this kind of sign, and we've told our staff what you're not allowed to make jokes about or what you are allowed to make jokes about. Or maybe we've even put out to them, here's six or seven sign ideas for your chalkboard that you could leverage, and none of them are particularly funny and none of them are particularly clever, but they're just enough to say, yeah, it's a Starbucks, I got it. It's coffee, I got it. So far, so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work, and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. Now, it's not, I think, a signaling strategy. I, think it, I mean, it is. It is a signal strategy. It's signaling to you, but I don't think it's someone sitting back thinking, what are all the different ways I can tell the world we're professional? I don't think it's quite so contrived as that. I don't think it's quite so strategized as that. What I think it is, is I like, to, and again, I flip that script. I say, these things are expressions of the brand. 
They're naturally occurring behaviors that spawn from the self. The owner loves coffee, is a little goofy. Guess what? Everything around the owner is going to be about loving coffee and being a little bit goofy. That includes the menu. That includes the signs. That may include the napkins. Maybe they got to put jokes on napkins. Maybe they, uh, I don't know. There's lots of different ways they express the core of their brand because the brand is who they are. The brand is an identity. Same way for Starbucks. Starbucks doesn't say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stamp out jokes. No, what they're going to say is, look, everything is about professionalism. Let's make sure we always focus on professionalism. And consequently, jokes kind of fall off the map. That is to say, because we are who we are, we make just the choices in front of us. Oh, do I pick blue or do I pick green? Do I pick serif or do I pick non-serif? Do I pick handwritten or do I pick printed? These are, um, you know, as an owner of a business, as a manager of a business, as the owner of a brand or manager of a brand, you make a million little choices every single day. And the choices, you don't always have to say, what does the brand guide say to do? Because that's, the brand guide only has so, many inf so much information. What really should be happening is those choices are an expression of the identity of who the company is, Right? Because Starbucks is Starbucks, it's not going to make as many jokes. Because the owner of that independent shop is goofy, they're going to make jokes. They didn't say, hmm, what's our position here? No one around here makes jokes, so I'm going to make a joke. It wasn't that, it wasn't that contrived. It was simply a, I'm fun. I like to have fun. We're going to have fun because this is my store. Now natural selection will make, say, okay, there's too many funny coffee shops, so maybe some of them will start to close and only the most funny and the best coffee shops will show up, but that's really neither here nor there. That is to say, you can learn a great deal about a brand, an employer brand, a consumer brand, about any brand, based on the smallest bit of DNA, based on the smallest behavior of the brand. Does the brand reward risk-taking? It's not that they have a big, the company says, okay, everybody, we're all about risk necessarily. But what happens is the owner was about risk and the owner rewarded people who also took risks. And those people hired people who also like to take risks because they were seeing signals that, hey, we're not risk averse. We actually like to embrace risk. We like to take a couple swings at these things. We like to take a shot. We like to try inventing things. And thus, a DNA strand inside the company about being comfortable with risk, in fact, being rewarded for taking risks is born. You hire a manager who doesn't like taking risks, guess what? They don't get promoted. Guess what? They don't get rewarded. Guess what? They leave. It's a natural selection. You weed out the parts that don't work. Brand is an idea. It's not a logo. We talk, I mean, how many times do I have to tell you? It's not a logo. It's not a tagline. It's not any of that stuff. It's simply an idea about how people perceive you, but how you manage it is a function of identity. What do we believe in? Who are we? And the whatever you decide your identity is, I can decide, for example, that I am a very tall Asian woman. Now, I'm not particularly tall. I'm a little tall, maybe a little bit. I'm not particularly Asian. I'm pretty darn white. I'm not particularly female. I'm pretty darn male. And not to get all cisgendered on everybody, but that's just who I am. That's how I identify. And that's where the pieces are at the moment, right? All this stuff can change if I wanted to. Well, maybe not the Asian one. That'd be more complicated. But I can just say I'm a thing. I can say I'm a basketball player. I can say I'm the smartest person who ever walked the face of the earth. I can say I can fly, right? I can say anything I want. 
I can make these claims. I can say I'm the greatest employer that ever was. I'm a great place to work. I'm a best place to work. I am an, uh, uh, a place where employees love to come to work every day. I can make these claims every day. But unless my behaviors support that claim, you're not looking at me going, yeah, that, that, that's an Asian woman. No, you're, you're looking at me going, yeah, he's a bald white dude. He's a chubby bald white dude. Yeah, my behaviors, my actions, how I'm perceived, they all line up because that's what I am. If I told you that I'm the world's greatest athlete and you kept looking at me sitting on the couch and going, well, is he? How would I know that? If I tell you I'm funny and I never make you laugh, am I? The behaviors drive the claims. It supports the claims. I can claim anything I want, but unless the behaviors support it, what the hell is the point of claiming anything? In fact, claiming anything I can't support is effectively, looks left, looks right, lying. Now, you're not a liar, I hope. I'm not a liar, I don't think. So that's the problem with employer brand. We focus on the identity and the claim. Here's our tagline. This is what we're about. This is what we care about. And that's great, but unless you're supporting it at every single level. I don't mean the leadership says that this is true. I don't mean that there's executive buy-in. I don't mean that there's a poster that claim that you know that states that what you've just stated, therefore making it credible. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about if I randomly pick someone in your company and I pull them aside and I ask them some questions and I ask them about their behavior at work, does that line up with your brand? And if so, congratulations, you are doing a great job managing a brand, managing the identity, making sure the behaviors support that brand ideal. But if not, you're making claims that aren't supported, thus making you, and let's talk about something else. And that's where the gap is. Right? Companies say they're a thing because they think they're supposed to, because they think, like, here's the, here's the best one, not to get all woke again because from last week, but to say every company I know of says they care about diversity and inclusion. And that's great. I care about it too. I'm a big proponent. There, now you know my politics. I'm a big fan of it. Not necessarily from a political level, but from a business level. I think there's a lot of benefits to going in that direction. It's a valid strategy. Now, if your company makes that claim and I look at the number of people you hire who are not diverse, and I hate those terms because how can an individual be diverse or not diverse? It doesn't make any sense. Anywho, but it turns out everybody who works for you is fairly pale or fairly male. Apparently I'm Dr. Zeus now. I'm rhyming things. Um, how diverse are you? How are you defining diverse? You're making a claim, but I don't see it supported. Think of all these tech companies who talk about how important diversity is, and they make those claims, and then you look at all the developers who are white dudes, and you're like, ah, and then you go look at their blind groups and their, their, their chat rooms, and they talk about why they keep promoting these women. They're not as good developers. You're like, okay, wow, oh boy, you got problems because you're making this claim about diversity that, again, I'm individualizing the, the moment of behavior, and I'm, it, it, you're failing. Those people don't believe that brand. Those people aren't supporting that brand. The, the behavior doesn't support the identity. You know you're, doing a, you know you're doing a great job when you can pull apart any tiniest piece of that company and say, did this thing, behavior, 
deliverable, uh, a piece of collateral, project, decision, campaign, don't care, whatever it is, if it doesn't align to the brand ideal, guess what? Your brand ideal is broken. Not because you didn't do good work in defining what the brand is, but because no one's following along. No one buys it. It's not supported. And if they're not doing it on the outside, I think you're full of it. The brand is not about a big project. It's not about a big campaign. Again, it's not about posters on a wall. It's not about logos. It's not about taglines. It's not about websites. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about the behavior of the company and does it support the idea of the brand. That's the power of employer brand is that it's almost fractal in a way. Right? You've seen those fractal designs where if you zoom in, you know, so it's a shape, it's like a triangle, and if you zoom in to the nth degree, it's another triangle, and if you zoom in more, it's still a triangle, and you're like, that's magical, that's fractal. The deeper you go, the same is true. And at a leadership level, if you're about diversity, if you're about innovation, if you're about support, if you're about team, if you're about who the hell cares, that's great. But if I zoom in, and I look at the tiniest decisions you're making as a company, as individual employees, they don't line up. If it's not that same thing, it doesn't work. The support isn't there. Your behavior doesn't support the identity, and that's where you need to focus. That's why employer brand is so hard to do well, because it's easy, well, relatively speaking, trust me, it's not easy, but it is relatively speaking easy to say, we're all about X. That's why we come to work. That's why we you know, jump out of bed every morning to say, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're all about X. But if I pull someone aside and they go, what's X? What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm here for the paycheck. Oops, problems. Either that person doesn't fit, that person isn't going to stay very long, or your brand isn't nearly as strong as you, as you think it is or want it to be. And that's why most of your time needs to be spent within the business, within the other areas of the, of the company. Get the hell out of recruiting for a while, and I mean a long while. Yeah, your recruiters are your biggest clients more than likely, and the way I would define it is absolutely their biggest clients. Your job is to make their lives easier, but the best way to make their lives easier is to promote the concept at every level of the company. This means get out of leadership's office. They already heard you, and they've done what they can do. Maybe if you've got a specific ask in that in mind, great. But the, for the most part, you need to be diving down at every level. Go talk to customer service. See how your employer brand's faring there. See how well it's playing. See if they've ever heard of what you're doing. If they've ever seen that poster, they ever heard that, saw that email, or heard that tagline. See how it's working. Look at what they're doing. Look at the complaints. Look at the exit interviews. Look at class door scores. Look at Google scores. Look at Google ratings. Look at, look at Yelp ratings. I don't know. Look at all the stuff and saying, look, if I stay in my bubble of recruiting, I can only do so much. My job is to ensure that all the, the DNA, the smallest little bits of behavior are aligning. You can't do that from your desk in recruiting. That You can't do that from your desk in Marcoms. You can't do that from wherever you have to go out. You have to go be out in the space. That's the power of employer brand. That's how you can make the biggest difference, starting to align all the elements. Now, that's terrifying, but at the same time, that's fantastic. One, that means job security. I mean, you're going to have work to do forever. You're never going to get bored. There's always more stuff to do. And two, that's how you figure out a way to say how I turn something around, how you make magic happen. It's not by, ta-da, big reveal. It's about tiny, 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 tiny little adjustments to the behaviors, to the thinking that drives that behavior. 
That's where all the power comes from. That's where all the, the magic happens. That's where you need to be focusing. That you want to make changes to employer brand? Think about the smallest decisions being made and start figuring out where they come from. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm all around on the internet, not around your house. Don't worry, I'm not behind you. I'm behind you. Um, come find me, come talk to me, ping me, ask me questions. As always, I love if you've got a suggestion for the next podcast. I do love that. Um, so l- hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Otherwise, have a great week. Ciao. Did I just end with ciao? Am I drunk? Thank- <laughs> not drunk. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.